I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of plots for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a man at the helm of a gardening institution. Editor of Amateur Gardening, a magazine that is almost 135 years old. It's Gary Coward-Williams. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Giving gardening advice across the UK isn't easy. I mean, at home in the uh, southeast, we've had sunny day after sunny day, and the temperatures just got higher and higher, almost relentless. Uh, well, last week, uh, up in uh, the west, the northwest, and into Scotland, of course, they've had quite heavy rain. It means that the uh, hosepipe ban has been uh, removed. But goodness, how do you give advice when? Uh, one part of the country's got lots and lots of moisture and the other part of the country is in really complete drought. At the RHS uh, Hyde Hall Garden in Essex, they had their floral fantasia flower show last week. I mean, that's up on a hill and there was a breath of uh, air, but goodness, it was warm. Things keep happening in our trade. You know, I've just heard that Frank P. Matthews um, a very large wholesale tree nursery. Uh, Frank B. Matthews have just taken over the John Ravenscroft Private Arboretum up in Cheshire. It's good to hear that that's passing on into safe hands. John Ravenscroft, one of our finest plantsmen, has a collection of some 300 different kinds of magnolias. And so now they're in the uh, safe hands of Frank B. Matthews. Last week I had... Uh, couple of nights away and went up to York. Visited uh, the famous nursery R.V. Rogers of Pickering. Goodness, some great stories there. I hope to get one of the directors on to uh, the programme for an interview fairly soon. But while I was away, goodness, just in 24 hours, the news. Blue Diamond, for example, the garden centre people, bought eight of the Wyvale centres. All of the Wyvale centres, of course, up for sale. But now... Blue Diamond will uh, have a presence in Bicester, Cadbury, Cardiff, Endersley, Melbick, Percy Thrower's Garden up in Shrewsbury, Sanders and Weybridge. Uh, it, it means that uh, they'll have uh, 29 centres now. And I understand that uh, social media was full of congratulations and lots of people, both staff and customers, pleased to see that uh, Blue Diamond were taking on those really big centres. Uh, I've just heard too from uh, Garden Trade News, one of our trade magazines, that plant sales in July were up by 20%. Do you know, I don't understand that. 
the weather is just so dry. I mean, sales overall are down really quite uh, a bit uh, year on year, mostly due to a reduction in wild bird food sales. I never could understand why people spent so much money on feeding the birds when if you garden really well, there's plenty of food for them. My garden seems to have more birds now than it's ever had. And I think it's the moisture. You know, as long as you're watering, then of course birds and all kinds of other creatures just need that moisture. I'm afraid I curse them a bit because if I water, I don't know, row of uh, zinnias or peas or Brussels sprouts, the blackbirds and the thrushes just scratch the soil away from the plants. They even scratch the plants out if I'm not very careful. So they're a bit of a mixed blessing. But uh, there, they need water as much as our plants. I must make a note too of uh, the campaign called Action Oaks. There's um, efforts being made to raise £15 million for research on uh, diseases and difficulties with uh, our most popular of trees. They hope, with this research, to uh, safeguard 120 million oaks. And the Prince of Wales, of course, is a great supporter of this activity. Uh, If you would like to help, then if you go on to the website Action Oaks, they're looking for donations to help in this research work. There's also uh, a photographic competition The International Garden Photographer of the Year has a category dedicated to oak trees, uh, the title Celebrating Our Oaks. It closes on the 30th of September. If you're pretty good with a camera and you're out and you see a magnificent oak, why don't you enter the competition? Now, when it comes to gardening advice, you should prioritise the use of water. Concentrate what you have, first of all, on woody perennials. If you can use a bit of water before or after it's rained to get the moisture really down to the roots, so much the better. I mean, there's one thing, these warm temperatures certainly help with summer seed sowing. Last week I mentioned uh, sowing climbing French beans and, and they were up in days. I mean, there's still time to sow a few, but you need to get it done this week if you can. I have some in pots so that I can take them into the polytunnel to extend the cropping into the autumn. I'm surprised how well some late planted sprouts and sprouted broccoli are standing up to the heat and really dry soil. I think the explanation was that I dug quite deep holes initially, filled them with water several times and then put the plants on top of that wet soil and covered it with dry. That's the best way. If you are planting when the soil is dry, make sure the moisture that you apply is really well down and that takes the roots down, not up, and your plants will stand a much better chance of surviving. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now today, uh, I'm very pleased to welcome uh, as our guest, uh, Gary Coward-Williams, who is editor of Amateur Gardening. Now I need to be very careful because he's my boss and I don't really want to lose uh, the job just yet. Uh, Gary, how are things in the editorial office at Amateur Gardening? Hello, Peter. They're fine. Thank you very much. I, I, I don't think that you have any concerns about your uh, immediate future, by the way. <laughs> you think you might take one or two more columns from me? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd be lost without them. But uh, you have quite uh, an extensive experience in magazines. How does uh, Amateur Gardening compare with some of the previous magazines you've worked on? Well, Peter, I've been extremely fortunate because I'm one of the few editors that's actually edited four weekly magazines that were all launched within the reign of Queen Victoria. Um, yeah, uh, this was Cajun Avery Birds, uh, Shooting Times and Amateur Photographer before Amateur Gardening. And um, I think they all have a similarity in that they are very, very old products uh, that have uh, a really dedicated audience and, and a very loyal audience. So there are a lot of similarities, but actually what I've found amazing about the amateur gardening audience is just how focused and dedicated they are and how much they love to communicate with the magazine. And we get far more letters on amateur gardening uh, every week than I had on any magazine I've ever worked on. Uh, yes, that surprises me because with cage birds, uh, as a young man working on a nursery, one of the uh, fellow workers kept canaries and, and used to be uh, seeking out chickweed all the time. <laughs> and, and I mean, he was absolutely committed to his small birds. Boy, did they sing too, yeah. Well, I think that there was, again, all of those markets, all of those areas are great sort of British traditional pastimes and hobbies uh, that, are, that are hugely important to, to, to many people. Um, but certainly in terms of the numbers of letters that come in and the queries we get, I mean, they're a hell of a lot. Uh, we have, I, I'm guessing, but probably something like 30 or 40 queries a week coming to me, which I pass on to John Negus, who, who runs our uh, questions and answers pages. And um, and the thing that I really like is that John actually responds to those immediately. So all of those people actually usually get their answer within a day. Um, and, and I think that, again, is quite unique. You won't find that on many magazines. So our relationship with the audience is actually extremely close, which is very nice. And in fact, I respond personally to all of the emails and letters that come into us. Well, it teaches you a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I mean John... Really, is the same vintage as me, isn't he? He was at college about the same time as me, has enormous experience. And, of course, you do need experience if uh, you're going to be taking questions from all kinds of angles in terms of gardening. I noticed just lately he has a quite a lot of uh, pictures to identify, and that can be quite tricky. There are rather a lot of plants to uh, learn the names of, 
And when you get to my age, I'm afraid you forget them quicker than you learn them. It it, it just amazes me, to be quite honest. I mean, um, just this morning I opened up a letter which had sort of loads of leaves sort of, you know, sort of diseased <laughs> leaves in it. And it's like, can you tell me what the, what the problem is and, and can you solve it? And they go off to John and then he responds. And, and I, what I really like is also I get some absolutely lovely letters that come back. You know, John, thank you ever so much. And, and obviously John does that very well on our behalf. Um, I've, I've never known such a, a positive audience. I mean, they can be frustrated, as we all can, in, in doing what we do. And, you know, gardening is not an easy hobby to have. It's actually a very challenging one in many, many ways. Uh, there are lots of reasons why things can go wrong and things don't always turn out as you plan. So it's, it's a challenge all the time. Um, but they, they, they're such a, a, a happy lot, really, and they're, they're, they seem to enjoy the magazine. I mean, I think the thing about the magazine that makes it unique is just how practical it is. You know, it's the, it's, it's the most practical magazine that you can buy in, in the UK, and always has been. And there's all the step-by-steps and the how-tos. And so I think the audience kind of follow us week by week, as a kind of a friend that's not in the garden with them, but is empathising and doing very similar things in the magazine. So that relationship actually becomes quite close through that. And I think that's why there's the warmth there, because I, I, I haven't known an audience to be quite so positive towards a brand as they are towards amateur gardening. Yeah. Now, what about the, the future of magazines then, Gary, because, you know, in in the print world, in newspapers, we've seen circulations, you know, drop in a frightening way, Uh, although I sense that they're beginning to come back a bit. Yes, I think that, well, you know, obviously there's a huge trend towards digital, um, and in terms of in the past where people, if they wanted to know about a subject, they had to buy a magazine or a book. There was no internet. So, uh, you know, there was always going to be a fall off. And and that has been quite substantial with most magazines. I think we're at a place now where the dust has pretty much settled. And those that want to read uh, paper, read paper. And those that, you know, prefer to go online, go online. I mean, part of my uh, previous work, uh, before taking over Amateur Gardening in between editing the other magazines was researching markets for the company I work for and talking to a lot of people on a lot of who read a lot of magazines there is a great deal of um, enjoyment from the physical thing of actually picking up a magazine and reading through it. You, you can't get that experience on the web. So I think between that and that for the most part our uh, sales are you know, quite um, have have plateaued, essentially, that actually those that are out there that want it are doing that. And, um, you know, maybe they will increase. I don't see that they'll ever be in the place that they were in the past, but we still provide a very good service and people clearly like it. You know, subscriptions are on the up. Uh, Advertising revenue is on the up. Um, so it's, it's it's actually quite positive at the moment. Well, that's very good news because next year you celebrate a rather special year. You talk about working for four magazines all launched in Victorian times, but AG really has quite a history, doesn't it? It's got an amazing history. I, I, I've been looking into it a little bit more uh, recently because next year will be 130 will be our 135th anniversary. So uh, the magazine was launched, I think, on the 6th of May, 1884. 
And so May 2019, which uh, coincides with Chelsea Flower Show, uh, will be genuinely 135 years of continuous publication uh, as a weekly. And, you know, I think... Um, I, should make us the oldest uh, gardening magazine in the world. There's certainly one that's on the newsstand. I know that uh, RHS have a journal, but obviously you just can't go and buy that in the shops. So. No. I welcome your return to Chelsea if you can make it, because I remember the times when the, the great Percy Thrower, who was a, a loyal contributor to AG, stood on a corner stand in uh, Eastern Avenue, and, I mean, there was a queue of people it was four days then, not five, but for the four days of the show, he just stood there meeting and greeting people and answering questions. And so for AG to go back, uh, I think that'd be a rather wonderful thing to do. I think if it's possible when, you know, yes, it will be, and that'd be a great opportunity to celebrate, you know, because, you know, I discovered that the original editor of Amateur Gardening, um, Mr. Hibbert, who I think was the editor for the first three years, was quite unique in that his position in the late Victorian era was all about gardening in small gardens in towns and cities, uh, which is kind of exactly really where we are now. So he was quite ahead of his, uh, ahead of his game with that. And I think that the magazine has always remained true to fundamentally what it was aimed to do in the first place, which was to help people... Uh, who are enthusiasts, grow much more beautiful gardens, all the gardens that they want to grow. But this is kind of good traditional British gardening. And that's really what our ethos is about. You know, that's what amateur gardening is about. But as well as the how-to, quite recently you've introduced that uh, double-page um, miscellany from Graham Clark. Uh, Boy, that fascinates me. Where does he keep finding all those stories and bits of interesting information? Yeah, I think that's that's probably been my <laughs> that's been my success. I think uh, since I took over, getting Graham to do that. I mean, that um, it's very very popular with the audience. And as you know, Graham was a former editor, very distinguished editor of uh, Amateur Gardening, and he has this fantastic. Uh, um, library and, and all of this knowledge and how I don't quite know how he does three pages every week but uh, he does and uh, I know it's hugely popular and I think it fits in with us again because you know amateur gardening has so much been a part of the history of, of popular British gardening you know for, for amateurs in this country and I think that that those three pages are kind of you know very much about where we're at. Well, if I can let you into a secret, Gary, uh, when I was doing national service, I submitted a, a, an article to Amateur Gardening. At that time, the editor was the great Arthur Hellyer, and it's, I think, one of two rejection slips that I treasure. <laughs> so so my, my connection with editors and people go back quite a long way. But, but, but going back to Graham... Uh, do you think he'll be able to sustain that? I mean, week after week, all those fascinating stories and detail that he manages to dig out. I, I do think it's brilliant. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an absolute delight to have Graham on the team because actually he's also extremely efficient. He actually drew up a plan for the whole year. So we're OK until the end of December. What happens next year is another question. But perhaps Miss may have a bit of a twist to do with our 135th anniversary. 
because I, I want to celebrate that throughout the year. So rather than just have one issue, you know, hurrah, it's, it's May and we're 135 years old, I'd like to weave that into the whole year so that we can celebrate it from January to the end of December because it is a special thing. That there, you know, that there aren't that many magazines that have been going for that long. And as you say, have the history of, of involvement and love from people like uh, National Treasures like Percy Thrower. And I think Alan Titchmarsh was a deputy editor, I believe. He was, yes, that's correct. And I think we also had an editor who was the nephew of Aldous Huxley. Uh, that That's correct, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've worked with, with most of them over the years. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you've also got, you know, right up-to-date stuff uh, from Graham, another Graham, Graham Clark, with all the award of merit plants. Yes, yes, this is Graham Rice. I mean, again, I brought Graham on as well. Uh, it's a really nice series. So you've, you've got this, um, you know, there are many plants, many, you know, types that, that get the uh, award of garden merit. But if you had 30 or 40, you know, which one do you go for? So he, he narrows it down to a six of the best of every, of every type. And, um, and that's a very popular series too. And I think that we're trying to get a mix between the practical... Uh, the friendly, and then at times going in a little deeper as well. So I, I introduced a new series in June called RHS Explains. Yes, uh, yeah. which which very kindly the RHS have, have have you know got involved with us on, and so that's where we have one question, and then rather than usually with questions and answers in gardening magazines, you have a sort of you know four lines or something, really just a very simple, logical, quick answer. Whereas this is something a little bit deeper which allows to have two pages and to go into a little bit more of the science of it so that the audience can kind of if you want to dig a little bit deeper you can i know it may not be for everybody but there is a little bit more depth in there rather than simply you know a, a quick answer and i think the next one for the august 25th issue is why do some flowers open and close at night <laughs> so that that's kind of and then you can kind of you know get into a little bit more depth are they going to tell tell us why they turn to face the sun too <laughs> except uh, graham at a, at a set of trials that i went to in holland last year uh, um, a breeding company in japan have now got a sunflower which uh, holds its uh, flower at a 90 degree angle to the to the stem so it it doesn't bend to 90 degrees and turn with the sun it stays bolt upright they say it'd be very nice for cut flowers because if you cut a sunflower and, and try and arrange it in water it's a blooming nuisance if it moves yeah and also if the arrangement is quite low down you don't see it whereas these face-up sunflowers will actually shine up at you so i'll be interested to hear what it is genetically that uh, affects these plants i think that's one of the things the other things that interests me a little bit is and it's something i want us to do a little bit more of is to keep the audience a little bit more up to date with what's changing within the garden world because there just seems to be i mean going from uh, you had that fabulous display on your stand at chelsea peter the, the sun stand and you know you had about what three or four plants that um actually got awards Yes, uh, we had we had nine of the twenty that were selected as plant of the year, right. and there were twenty six um, new plants introduced actually on that stand. You know, I meet you occasionally at uh, 
these companies' trial grounds and I see it as quite important to just keep alert to what's going on because there are just gentle improvements being made uh, and we can be a bit traditional, us gardeners, and once we've got a variety, we stick with it forever. Uh, but these days, I think we need to uh, update a bit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that what's interesting is is where, you know, they're, they're trying to get plants to, you know, to flower more, flower more regularly, um, and obviously disease resistant and all these elements. And whilst on the one hand, you know, I think with, with you know, the amateur gardening audience, they, they know what they like and they know what they're aiming for. But actually, part of our role is to say, well, actually, look, have a look at this. Think of this. There's this over here. You could try that. And I think a little bit of variety in all the things we do is a good thing, even, you know, with our own gardens, when you think, well, actually, maybe that sh I should move that over there. Maybe maybe I need to introduce this. I think that's the, the beauty of gardening, in a sense, is because it's real living thing, an organic thing, that actually... It's constantly changing, even as sometimes you're not in control of the changes with all the <laughs> weather that we've had recently, you know. Um, well, that's but, quite a challenge, Gary. <laughs> well, well, it always is. I think that's why that's why the, the weekly circulation and the relationship we have with the magazine and the audience is really important because we're on that journey with them. And, and the journey actually never ends. It's just it's going all the time. You're constantly out there trying to do something and trying to improve something and some things work out and something surprised we've had a personally had a, a few plants i thought well that's that's just had it and then a couple of weeks later hang on but <laughs> there's you know there's a bud there that yeah. can't be i thought that was dead <laughs> and i i find that amazing because you you can't you man can never control nature as much as they try and yet that's that relationship of, of man and nature and of, of man working in harmony with nature. And I think also for the amateur gardening audience, what I've picked up over the year or so that I've been editing is just how important wildlife is to them and how they want to have a garden which is in simpatico with all of the you know insects and the birds around them and, and how it's a complete thing. And I think that's another part of what we do. And I think the, the uh, articles that Val Bourne, uh, who I got to write for us last year, uh, is, is bringing to the, to the magazine as well. Well, Gary, all strength to your elbow. Uh, look forward to celebrating the 135th anniversary with you next spring. And thanks for joining us today. No, no, Peter, thank you very much for asking me. What's on? Well, this week... It's the Jersey Battle of Flowers on the 9th and 10th. So if you're on holiday in the Channel Islands, there's an extra activity for you to see. On Saturday, I expect to be at uh, the Bomber Command Memorial for the launch of a new rose called Lest We Forget. That's up at Canick in Lincoln. Thanks again to Sutton Seeds of Torquay and thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.